Microsoft reported its fiscal 21 Q2 earnings last night, and they not only beat expectations, but they actually crushed them. So from a revenue perspective, the expectation it was going to come in around $40 billion or so. Um, they actually came in at $43 billion, which represents a 17% growth. In fact, they had 12% growth the prior quarter. So again, they beat expectations by roughly $3 billion for the quarter. And this is largely driven by the commercial cloud revenue. So the revenue tied to the commercial cloud was $16.7 billion, which is representing a 34% growth. So let's dive into the different components of the commercial cloud revenue, which again, as enterprises, that's what ultimately matters most. And then let's talk a little bit about some of the key takeaways, some of the things that Satya and Amy Hood said during the earnings call that are very relevant if you're an enterprise customer continuing to expand and develop and build with Microsoft. So let's get into those business segments. Productivity and business processes, 13.4 billion, up 13%. The key pieces to that, if you're an enterprise customer, the key pieces are office commercial products and cloud services up 11%. That's largely driven by Office 365, right? So Office 365 commercial revenue up 21%. So think about that. Office 365, which a lot of Oregon enterprises at this point have already migrated to, they're still able to get 21% growth on that. And that's largely driven by two things which matter to the, the enterprises uh, that we work with. Number one, seat growth, that's obvious. So they're getting more usage, more adoption, more rollouts. So right, as organizations, enterprises expand, they need to roll out Office 365 to that new employee. That's the example. Seats grew 15%. But the other key component that was mentioned is that that revenue growing 21% was also driven by the fact that the revenue per user has grown, right? So they talk about moving from free to paid, but really what this is about, this is about moving organizations up the additions, right? So E1 to E3 then E3 to E5. LinkedIn revenue grew 23%. We're seeing more and more organizations that are making investments in LinkedIn. And Microsoft is paying attention and they're coming to the organizations if done correctly with compelling LinkedIn offers along with those EA, EA negotiations. Then there's Dynamics. Dynamics 365 revenue grew 39%. And the interesting thing is, and I'll get to this in a minute, is they talked about the fact that Dynamics, multiple offerings of Dynamics are being adopted at once. So they're expanding the portfolio of Dynamics within enterprises, right? Whether that's through renewal or net new, or perhaps takeaways from organizations like Salesforce or ERP deals from Oracle and SAP. Now there's the next segment, Intelligent Cloud. $14.6 billion, up 23%. The key to this whole thing, what everyone's paying attention to is Azure. Revenue for Azure went up 50%. 48% growth last quarter. 62% quarter two last year. So dipped from that perspective. 
But analysts, the market was expecting 42% growth. So they beat significantly coming in at 50% there. And at the end of the day, when you think about Azure revenue, Amy Hood made a point because they were asked during the Q&A section about how many large Azure deals were there, transactions. And she made a point to say it's more about usage growth more than contracting when you think about what drove the revenue growth. And we're going to get to usage because it's a really big deal in a minute as it also applies to their Microsoft 365, Office 365 solutions. And then on the more personal computing, from an enterprise perspective, you want to pay attention to Windows here. Windows commercial products and cloud services were up 10%. This, as they say themselves, is more about moving organizations to the cloud bundle Microsoft 365, which includes Windows, along with Office 365 and EMS. And while we're talking about EMS, enterprise mobility, the install base was up 29%. They reported that they have 163 million seats currently. I'm going to get to a minute some of the key takeaways, things that enterprises need to be paying attention to. And it's really, it's two to three things. But I want to talk about guidance real quick because that's obviously important too, right? So if you have a renewal coming up next quarter or by Microsoft's year end, which is June, they, this is an indicator, what they need from you, what the sales rep needs from you to get and meet or exceed the guidance given. From an um, Office 365 perspective or from an office commercial revenue perspective, they came out again and said, it's very clear, our success in the quarter, our ability to get to $13.5 billion, it's going to be dependent upon continuing to upsell organizations to E5. Right, And there's a lot of you out there working with some now, talking, having a lot of conversations. This is obviously part of these roadmaps that's at that point in time. Understand that that is incredibly important to Microsoft, to your sales rep, to move you to E5. So use that appropriately to ensure you get what they should be giving back in return. On the dynamics front, the continued momentum there, they're expecting that momentum the revenue growth to be very similar to Q2. So again, just to refresh on that, they're expecting another quarter of Dynamics 365 growth almost at 40%, right? Because they came in at 39% this quarter. Azure revenue, again, couldn't been any clearer. It's going to continue to be based on consumption. Consumption. That's going to, they talk about volatility because there's going to be deals that'll drop in midterm, bigger than expected, consumption ramps, programs accelerating, building on, moving workloads to, coming out of COVID. This is what it's all about to them, consumption of Azure. And then in terms of Microsoft 365, the suite there, right? That momentum, as Amy Hood wrapped up kind of the, the guidance portion of the earnings call, she said it's going to be very beneficial as you think about our per user business. It'll also have a help, as I mentioned before, to continue uh, to support the growth tied to Windows. So I mentioned a few times here, there were some key takeaways. So let's get into that. Let's start with Office 365, Microsoft 365, but more importantly, the concept of usage. You've heard me say it multiple times as it relates to Azure. That's obvious. Workloads, consumption, the flywheel effect, which Amy has said numerous times. 
But it was very interesting during the Q&A section. Satya jumped in and he made it a point to say that one of the best things he's seen lately was talking to customers about how when they look at their products and they look at Office 365, they're actually using more of the features, right? That's what they mean. Using more of the capabilities than they were a year ago. So they've been customers, Satya is pointing out, they have customers that have been Office 365 customers. They're telling him that, hey, we're using more of the features. We're getting more value from Office 365. Usage depth while usage increasing. And this is the thing. Satya said that is the real power of the Office 365 franchise product offering. And he pointed out that shareholders should pay attention to this because they themselves are going to be investing in tracking usage closely. And I've been talking about this for a long time, right? If you're an enterprise, obviously dollars matter to Microsoft, right? So as you expand, that adds revenue. That's important. But usage at a deep granular level is also very important to Microsoft. They want you to use more. It makes you stickier. It allows them you to unlock value, which by the way allows if more value potentially tethering to more Microsoft solutions becomes an option, but it ultimately makes it stickier. You're light, less likely to also move away. You're more likely, if you're driving more value, to move up to say E5 because there's more value there. So they want you to unlock, so you need to look at your usage. And if you're not unlocking value that you expected or value that is there but you haven't, go to Microsoft, challenge them, offer them the opportunity to help you unlock value at a deep perspective. And Microsoft, and Satya mentioned, is investing to make sure that happens. So go get those investments directed towards you. The next key thing, Dynamics 365, right? There's a lot of organizations that are on the CRM side are Salesforce customers or on the ERP side are SAP or Oracle customers. But Microsoft is clearly focused here. They're clearly focused here. But Satya made it a point. He said, we're focused on modern business process applications. It's not just about Dynamics 365. It's a combination of Azure, which is platform as a service, to a software as a service capability that's found in Dynamics 365. That is what can be transformative for enterprises. And he made it a point to say, this is going to be one of the biggest trends for enterprises that are looking for business application to drive business results. It's not just about the business application, it's the combination. And interestingly, Amy, made it, Amy Hood made it a point to jump in again. And you have to pay attention to that. When they jump in, there's a reason. And the reason is this. She doubled down on it. She actually pointed out that, listen, it's not even just about business applications, Dynamics 365. But it's about LinkedIn, and Power Platform, and Microsoft 365, in Azure. In other words, it's about our commercial cloud. That's the framework. That's how our customers are seeing and need to see 
a solution when you're talking business applications. It's not just about the business application, right? So it makes sense. And we're seeing this. They're going to market, not just selling Dynamics 365. They're talking about, well, you're already a Microsoft 365 customer, or maybe you should consider that. You're already using Azure. You're a LinkedIn customer, or maybe you should be. The integration, the cloud solution set, the commercial cloud that's driving the commercial cloud revenue that's so depend that's dependent upon for Microsoft's success. That's how they're going to go to market. It makes perfect sense. So if you're considering Dynamics 365, if you're already in a sales cycle for Dynamics 365, if you are a customer already and you're thinking about expanding, have Microsoft come to you and make an appropriate demonstration of what they're talking about. It's not just good enough to say they have all these products. How does the transformation happen specifically for your company? What are those integrations? What is the additional value that you would receive? Challenge them to do what they need to do to show how it's applicable to you and then get into the commercial discussions. But it's important first to take these statements that Satya and Amy Hood are putting out there and challenge Microsoft to come to you with an actual solution. Put it into perspective of how it's relevant to you. And you need time to do that, right? You need time to do that. And ultimately, when you're approaching Microsoft, you're preparing for renewal, you're preparing for an add-in net new or an Azure volume consumption spike in term, you need the time to evaluate. You need the time for Microsoft to do what they're supposed to do. So again, Incredible quarter for Microsoft. It pretty much wasn't unexpected. They just blew out what was expected. And there's some key takeaways there. If you're an enterprise customer, you need to be paying attention to. But more importantly, it's not just about the renewal negotiation. It's about finding ways you can actually get additional value receipt from these solutions.